So we're continuing this morning with this great chapter in Scripture, chapter 11, on um, giving us not only a definition of faith, but many, many examples from throughout the history of redemption up to that point. And so we, this quick review, back in chapter 10, we sort of saw this mood change where there were a, a lot of instruction, a lot of warnings against um, insincere faith, against um, willful disobedience in spite of the truth. Um, and then there's sort of a mood change where it was talking not so much warning, but per, pers- perseverance for those who are uh, seeking to obey. And so chapter 11, we get, well, what is the definition? What exactly is faith? And so as we, as we got into it last week, uh, we got, starts out, sorry, let me put my glasses on. I'm not going to get very far. <laughs> so the, uh, chap, uh, so chapter 11, verse one, this famous, a great memory verse. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So um, talks about immediately gets in the conviction of things not seen. Um, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Um, and so we're given this uh, as I was saying last week, it's sort of faith covers Genesis 1 through Revelation 21. Talks about looking back, we understand that by faith, God created everything out of nothing. But then it starts, then we get into these, uh, these sort of, well, commonly, or I guess some people call the hall of faith. So this, this line of examples of, of faith and those that, as the point was made, they look looking forward to something that they don't see in this world. And so there's a, there's a promise. And so we're going to continue with that theme. We looked at, last week we looked at examples of Abel, Enoch, Noah, and um, Abraham. And we're going to continue on with Abraham and his story and those associated with him. And so, we, we're going to go ahead and pick it up here in, uh, let me see, yeah. So verse 11, so we, we talked about Abraham and, and, and the last verse that we looked at was, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So that forward looking nature of faith. And so um, we'll pick it up from there. Um, would someone volunteer to just read the, read the whole uh, section, 11 through 19? So from this one man, 
and he was with his dad, his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the king's promise. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call their God, for he has prepared a city for them. How far to go, 19? Uh, yeah, 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be, offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Okay, thank you. So, again, as, as we discovered last week, one, one thing that's very interesting about um, Hebrews 11 is we receive new information, uh, things that weren't necessarily revealed or obvious in the Old Testament. We get some great insight and sometimes just brand new revelation um, on some things. And uh, so... so Sarah, it's really, it's talking about the things that um, we can't really go back and read the, read the account as, as we did, you know, like for Abel and for Enoch. That was pretty easy to go back and look at that. We can't really, uh, we don't have time to do that with the whole account of Sarah and Abraham and the birth of Isaac and just the... Um, the things that were included um, in their their faith, their, the living out of their faith, the exercise of their faith. Um, but this, would someone like to just summarize the story of um, of Abraham and Sarah and? And Sarah's faith, I guess, in, in particular. What's that? They put everything in the hands of the Lord. Yeah. So, so Sarah herself received power to conceive. So Sarah was how old? Ninety. Ninety, right. And um, she was barren. And she wanted a child. Why was this child so important? I mean, we know that throughout history and particularly in, in well, I think in most societies, but particularly them, you know, a, a child was important. A uh, barrenness was considered sort of, uh, I don't know, failure. And so they wanted a child. Obviously, they wanted a child. Was that it? They just wanted a child. Why was this so important? Why, you know, I look at the whole thing with Abraham and Sarah. It, it gives all of us hope in the fact that they were human. 
Because we say God says they believe, mm -hmm. but yet they struggle pretty much like right. we did today. I mean, they took Sarah took matters into her own hands. Exactly. Yeah. And Abraham, you can say, well, he believed. Well, he went along with the plan, and they ended up with Ishmael, and so it was it was a mess. Yeah. And and but but you might say the main thing is they were promised a child, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the point I always point out, you know, Abraham was a, a farmer or a herdsman by, by a trade, and God had promised him his, his, his uh, he, he was gonna have all kinds of descendants. Well, if you only got one child, uh, Abraham hardly knew the math on that to go, this is gonna take a while for it to get very big. Yeah, now that's a good point, and that was this, yeah, the whole, um, the account of Abraham and Sarah, it, it, it's not just, um, in a way it's a little surprising that they're lifted up as the example of faith, that Abraham's lifted up as the example of faith, not only here, but in Romans. And because you read about it and it's like, okay, that's not, if I were to paint a picture of a very, really faithful man of God and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't come up with the, <laughs> with the account of Abraham the way, the way it is. And you're right. He was a fallen human being. And so this faith, and that's one of the points I get into later, but this faith that it says, because it, it tells us that this faith, um, we go back and look at the beginning. It says, well, verse 2, it says, for by it, by faith, the people of old, old received their commendation. They were approved. They were commended. But God, it wasn't a perfect, perfect faith. It was, um, it wasn't the, so it wasn't that their faith looked great, you know, looked perfect and stuff. It was, it was good enough for God. It was what God was looking for in the heart. So it, um, yeah, so it's very messy looking in a, in a way, you know. The, well, another the thing. thing is, if you're going to write a, a thing of that, that is a human thing. That's one of the things you kind of leave out of the story, yeah? Yeah, yeah. If I, you wouldn't right, bring yeah. That up. Right, and so, yeah, so it's important that it's in there. And God is, I think, I, I'm sure that's, yeah, it's just our faith. It, in a sense, I can, in my mind, I can turn faith into almost a works thing. You know, it's like, am I being faithful to God? No, I'm not. You know, it's like beat, beat up on myself and start to, you know, turn it into a works thing. And it's believing what, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, um, yeah, go ahead. On, on that note, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that is a very valid point. I always find it interesting when you read stories or testimonies of missionaries and or great men of the past of, of the Christian faith. I mean, it tends to lionize them. It's kind of interesting when God gives us examples. I mean, they aren't these perfect, shining examples. Uh, you know, you know, he he reveals men with their faults as well, and of course, they wouldn't need faith. If they were perfect, um, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but one of the things I think of is uh, in this chapter that tells us about faith. You know, Sarah hears this promise, 
And, you know, obviously she was going to have to act upon it. I mean, the Abrahamic covenant hung on a descendant. Mm-hmm. And so to receive this promise, they had to have a descendant. And, well, I mean, you don't get a child with the story. You know, you had to act upon God's promise, even at their age. I mean, she first laughed at it. Well, yeah. Abraham had pleasure with me, you know. Yeah. Is that really going to happen here? So they had to act upon it. And that's one of the things we see about faith in this chapter, is faith is always doing something. Mm-hmm. So faith is taking God at his word, and that's going to impact how you function and what you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And faith, you know, that... Um, and I guess in the New Testament, one of the books that really bears that out, you would look at the book of James, where it talks about, you know, faith without works is dead. Well, true faith leads to works, works that, that show that you are depending on God. And in fact, what exactly... It, it tells us here in let me see why am I not seeing this now exactly what Sarah oh yeah it's in verse 11 so it tells us exactly what Sarah was believing in it says even um So even when she was past the age, so by faith herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. She was, I guess the essence of her faith, and I think this is really the essence of faith in God as the the faith that God accepts is faith in his character, in who he is. The fact he is faithful in his promises he um, his promises are sure and we believe in the content of his promises because we believe in the giver of the promises that he is faithful and it's in his very nature um, one of my favorite verses is second timothy 2 well there's this sort of little um I don't know, series of states, almost a little poetic language, but it says, and it's um, 2 Timothy 2, uh, I'll go 11 through 13, says, the saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we also will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. It's his very nature. It would be impossible. There are some things that are impossible with God. One of the things, it would be impossible for God to not be faithful to his promises. That's an impossibility. But his very nature. Well, you've got to realize something else is in play here, too. You will notice the original promise was made to Abraham. It'll be one of his seed. I don't know whether Sarah was there or not, but according to the custom of the time, someone else, like a maid or something, could bear a child for someone that was 
and hair. Well, so yeah. in a way, they were through some legalities right. when God out with his promise, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. And but God, later, God str stressed that it would, right. Sarah's going to be in the picture too, and it'll be Abraham and Sarah's yeah. offspring, which came along sort of later. So, and then the, probably Abraham realized, hey, yeah. he didn't do things quite right. Right. So in, the, so in a sense, we, maybe we oughtn't be so hard on Sarah, you know, so hard on them, because it was, there were customs and things like that that it wasn't like completely out of left field that they did this, you know, it, because of the customs of the time. But, you, but you're right. But God, God stressed, he made it clear that it would be through her, this 90-year-old woman, that um, it would happen. Another very interesting thing in this, in verse 11, it says, um, Sarah herself received power to conceive. That's just an interesting turn of a phrase. Um, she didn't just conceive, she received power to conceive. And um, I think it's interesting. I think it, in part, it brings it, um, highlights the truth that we that we know that we believe is that uh, it's at conception that's where the life that's where the life begins the power to conceive the power to bring life and so um, yeah from the moment of conception that promise was being fulfilled because Isaac the person Isaac existed from that power from that moment well, if you want to see another case of this, look at Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. Mm -hmm. But they had their handmaids producing oh, yeah. children for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the 12 tribes, yeah. yeah. Some, some of the 12 tribes of Israel, um, yeah, came through handmaids. Yeah. So that's. Some of the children of the 12 were yeah. handmaids, not Rachel yeah. or Leah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so, so the result of Sarah's faith, it, like Jason was saying, it, it were, there was action involved, and the result was as it, as we're told, you know, this, this sort of the theme of this by faith. As we said, it's sort of the, that's the scaffolding of this uh, section is by faith, by faith, by faith. So by faith, Sarah. And the result is that they're commended by, because of their faith, they're commended by God. They're, um, their faith is accepted and it says they're commended. And in fact, it's going to, as we end this, it's a really, really strong um, statement of God's, you know, acceptance His how he commends them to himself, but but the ultimate result of all this was the promise is fulfilled. And so, um, which is, I guess, an interesting side note is to see the, how within faith, you know, we see God's own sovereignty. God, by faith, these people are commended to God. They're accepted by God, but it's also true that these things were 
laid out in advance. You know, God, um, of course, God's promise was going to be fulfilled through Abraham. And so um, it's this mysterious aspect of faith, you know, the, as it says in Ephesians, that, that the works that are the result of faith are um, prepared beforehand um, by God. So it's, it's even though the faith itself, true faith, um, commends people to God by faith they're justified yet that faith um, you know was laid out beforehand and and so because his plans that he laid out are sure and so we sort of see that working in here so in um, so Sarah and so yeah so therefore from one man in verse 12 therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of the heaven as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore so God's promise to Abraham was fulfilled through their faith so then this little sort of uh, I guess a parenthesis in here we're going to get back to Abraham but verse 13 says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, not having seen them and greeted them from afar and having, and having acknowledged, sorry, acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So who's these all? Who do you think these all are? These all died in faith. Well, is that you referring to the ones you listed earlier in the chapter? Yeah, I think so. I think the, jumping back to Abel, saying, yeah, all of these, although we sort of un, we understand because it told us that Enoch, did, he didn't die, but he was taken up. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think it's qualified by it says without receiving promises. I think he's going back to Abraham. Oh, you do? Yeah, I mean, he was promised land, seed, and blessing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they all died not without those really being realized. I mean, the fact that they were going to become innumerable as the sand as the seashore, I mean, that, him becoming a great nation and God working through that nation and giving those promises to that nation, yeah. they died not receiving that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I did, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think you're right because, because, Really, with Abel, um, Abel, Noah, Enoch, we weren't really, um, yeah, it didn't mention things promised that weren't. Um, Noah, his covenant, he saw it was uh, right. fulfilled. He before. saw his deliverance, yeah. he saw those things yeah. come to pass. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right in that. I, um, I think it's, these all probably talking about the uh, the patriarchs, you know, Abraham and just yeah, and Abraham, Abraham, Jacob, Sarah, yeah, okay. Isaac's in there, yeah, mm. Isaac, yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. Actually, that does sound right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the key element of this is 
I guess the key thing that is describing this faith that we're given all these examples of is what? What's sort of the key thing being brought out here? Well, their faith wasn't the sight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they didn't see it, that it was, they believed it, they acted on it, even up to their death, but they didn't see it com completely fulfilled. Um, Abraham and Sarah saw the fulfillment in, in that they had a child, um, but yeah, but as far as the fullness of the promise, yeah, not even, not even near completed, like, you know, you were bringing out, and so, so yeah, um, it's interesting. They considered so Abraham was prompt. Oh, go ahead, Chris. To some extent, I mean, agreeing with everything that was said, but to some extent, they're looking forward to the promise in Genesis three fifteen, right? And it hasn't been true. Well, yeah. Okay. Ultimate, yeah. Ult yeah. Ultimately. That's not the object of their faith being named here. In fact, he goes on to describe how, well, they would have gone back to their country. Who were the people who left a country for God's promise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he's, he seems to be addressing just that narrow yeah. last four people he's named. And, I, and so we're, we're brought in, now we're also brought in the aspect, not just the descendants, the number of descendants that would be like the stars in the heavens, but now the land aspect of the promise. He, he's promised land, and we know that that he he never actually he only possessed what just burial just burial. a burial plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fell far short of what the, yeah. <laughs> the extent of what he was promised as far as the land. Uh, the if I remember right, I think he seen it from a distance before he died. Um, we're talking. We're, I think we're talking Moses there. Yeah, yeah. So no, Abraham. I mean, he traversed through that. In fact, so it, it sort of describes um, the nature of his, uh, you know, existence in that he walked. He walked around in that land, but. It was as what? It was as a stranger, as a foreigner. Um, uh, it says, for they were, um, verse 13 again, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. So they acted, or they lived as those strangers and foreigners in this land. Um, for people who speak thus make it clear they're thinking, they're seeking a homeland. Well, you know, this should really give us encouragement of our small faith and realizing what little, I mean, we've got a lot of history that we can go back on to show God's faithfulness. Abraham, not so much. I mean, what did he go back to? Yeah. Did he know of? You know, uh, 
that would be the father's he didn't go. I mean, he could go back and say, okay, no one's faithful, so I can be faithful. Yeah. But other than that, there was no, right. there was no big thing. I mean, As, like, yeah. Adam and Eve's promise there that your son's going to Christ, that, that, that hadn't taken place yet. So yeah. There was, you know. Yeah, so the faith, I mean, there's really, so ultimately we're going to see there's sort of like three episodes of Abraham expressing his faith. And last week we talked, the first one was being called out of his homeland. And it's like, what did he have to base that faith on? I mean, that was, he heard the voice of God. He heard the calling of God. And he went, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that um, you know, that's I read an article one time, it was really kind of fascinating, she, it was a gal, I, no, who knows all the truth, but it, was, it would have been fairly easy for Abraham to have known some of the direct sins of Noah, like we're talking, you know, his sons and that kind of stuff, and her theory was that, uh, that they handed off some of the historical stuff to Abraham when he left. But, it, but if you do the math, it, it's very possible that he maybe obviously didn't know Noah, but he knew he could have very easily have known of at least uh, Noah's, Noah's sons or, or their sons and daughters. But so well, he's, a, he's a direct descendant of Noah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying he could actually have known them. Yeah, I mean, verse 14, when it says, indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, you know, they would have had opportunity to return. I, you know, it's interesting to me how much, you know, hangs on that initial word to Abraham, where he says, you know, hey, uh, you know, come to a place that you haven't seen, I'm going to show you what I'm going to give you. And it's all tied to the land, how much the emphasis is on the land here. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this really fits with the, the Hebrews, because what are they thinking about doing? They're thinking about going back. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like, okay, you've heard the word of God, you've heard about his son who has come, are you going to go back to Judaism, which is basically, you know, minus, you know, God minus his son. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you can't do that. Yeah. And um, well, if you want to look at today's example, look at all your immigrants. They're hoping that where they're immigrating to is better than where they've been. Right. Now, look at us. We're hoping that heaven is better than where we're at now. Yes. Being an immigrant we, we too are to consider ourselves foreigners and strangers. Would someone read Philippians 3.20, please?
Yeah. So that's that's one place where we're you know that should be our mindset as well. We are looking for, and so the, with Abraham, I mean, this really points back to this, um, what was stated in verse ten, back in he, Hebrews eleven, it says, "For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God." So th- that was looking even beyond us. That 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 was looking to <laughs> dry mouth. Something better about our Yeah, that was looking to the same thing that we are to be looking for, this better city and stuff like that. So he was looking way <laughs> in the future, even um, yeah, even beyond the Messiah, you know, which I, hard, yeah. to, hard to understand how much he would understand that concept, but yeah, Janet just pointed out here uh, to me, verse 9, where it talks about faith. He lived as an alien in the land of promise. Mm. Um, fellow heirs of the same promise. Uh, verse 13, these all died in faith without receiving the promises. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and this sort of ties together. We sort of, yeah. It sort of divided us in the middle. Maybe that was an unfortunate way of <laughs> dividing these lessons, but yet, yet we had to divide it somewhere because it all does really flow together, and you know, and and um, look, yeah, it's connected through these concepts. You have to look back, um, but yeah. So pro- um, promises they looked forward. I mean, that's. Um, they looked forward and not back, and it's it's the it was the um, tendency of the Hebrews, just as it's our tendency, to look back sometimes, um, and or to look at here, the here and now, and where our focus ought to be on this better. And it's interesting that it does use the term better as we look in. Um, yeah, verse 15, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, okay, so this better, I, this better, I can't remember exactly where, but it's used in a number of places in, in Hebrews. I, can't, I don't know the exact verses, but you know, it talks about a better you know, over and over particularly referring to Christ, but just more, most recently talked about a better covenant and um, a better tabernacle. And here it's a better, uh, a better country that is a heavenly one. Well, you know, you talked there, I was kind of thinking uh, about human nature as far as leaving the country. You know, that is really profound once it's a kept You know, I think of the nation of Israel out there in the desert. We just want to go back to we just want to go back to Egypt and have some money. If we had some money, it's like we just did other stock, right? The red water I, I you know, so that in one sense that is as I think about it, even more significant is that Abraham didn't look back to the good old days. And we all do know. 
I mean, I look back yeah. at my childhood and think the good old days, I kind of forget all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. N nostalgia can be, um, it can almost become like an idol or something like that. I remember having this conversation with someone. It's like, yeah, I mean, nostalgia, we're, we're nostalgic for different things. You know, everyone probably nostalgic for different things. But it's almost like, yeah, it's almost, um, it's usually not true, you know, our mental, it's usually some kind of a construct in our mind. It's like the, we pick and choose what seemed to be good and it's like, oh, I'd like to go back to that. But, you know, it's, uh, it is really, in a sense, it, I, at, at some level, you know, it's, yeah, at some level it's probably harmless, probably normal, natural and stuff, but it can become almost yeah, like an idol. And yeah, and it can become deceptive, exactly. Exactly right. Um, but we go into verse, and this is, this is, an, uh, this is such an amazing statement here. Um, and it really, uh, it ties it together then with um, what's been said before. It says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them, um, for them a city. Um, that's just talking about how these people, these individuals are commended by their faith, but it's just this, such a strong statement of what this means that they are commended by their faith. It's their, it says, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. I mean, I don't know, for me, because this is the, because the same faith, we're being called to exercise the same faith. And so we, by extension, God is saying, us who exercise the same faith, he is not ashamed to be called our God. Uh, it's like, wow, uh, uh, you know, it's like that level of acceptance. I mean, I know, you know, just sort of from a mental or just like a, I don't know, I'll call it a forensic level. I know that God, you know, it declares me righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But it's just a statement like this, he is not ashamed to be called my God. It's like, wow, whew. That's, what a statement. I mean, what a truth. Well, it's more or less a statement. Hey, you're listening to me, and you're obeying what I say. Yeah. That's more or less what God is saying. And, and it's just, yeah, and it's full acceptance. And it's... It's um, this identification. It's like this sense of identification. He's not just saying he's not ashamed to call us his children. He's not ashamed to be called our God or the God of all those who, who have a true faith. This identification. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I really wonder if that doesn't tie back to when God presented himself to Moses when he took him, birthed uh, a nation, you know, took it out of Egypt. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, I'm not ashamed to be called, you know, he's not ashamed to be called yep. their God. Mm. I, you know, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, the, 
Yeah. The ones who receive the promise are, you know, who are given. Yeah. Uh, they will receive the promise in full, but um, they were given the promise. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because that was that was how he was identified. Uh, really, is as distinct from the false gods that were being, you know, however many there were throughout those lands. Um, but I mean, that's significant to Jews who yeah. are sitting here. Here's, here's the great champion of faith. You know, Abraham believed God mm-hmm. and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is almost kind of his, mm-hmm. you know, his cornerstone, if you will, Paul's cornerstone is Genesis 56. But, you know, he's looking at the big picture here and how their faith manifests itself in action. They didn't go back. They acted upon the promises. You know, they were going forward in faith despite the fact they hadn't been received. What were these people's problems? Well, you know, there's a lot of things that remain that are just hope yeah. in following Christ. And, you know, they're becoming weary in this. Yeah. Well. You can look at it as sort of a human example. You tell your kids or give them some good advice to do something, they do the opposite. Does that make you proud of them? <laughs> it makes you kind of Yeah. Hey, why don't you listen to me? You could have been better off. Yeah, yeah. We do that plenty of times yet. Um, yeah. Like we see with these folks, it was not not perfectly lived out at times, but yet um, at the heart, you know, it's believing in God's promises. So, so moving on, so now we get like talking another by faith, Abraham, going back again with Abraham. And this is sort of, uh, this sort of, uh, I guess, faith episode number three with Abraham. So he believed God, he left, left the land. He believed God, the promise of, of, um, of the number, you know, the, uh, the number of people that would uh, come through his, his seed, his son, And then he, another truly interesting or amazing act of faith. Um, and this is one where we're given, we're given more information than what we could really see, at least directly in Genesis. And so verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it is said, to Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So if we look back and look look at Genesis 22, If you want to think as Abraham, hey, you're going to do all this through my son, and now you want me to kill him? Right. So how are you going to accomplish both unless you bring him back from the dead after I kill him? That's more or less what he's... If I was Abraham, that's what I'd be thinking. 
Yeah. So um, Genesis 22, I'll read, starting in verse 1. It says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here, here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place for which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So Abraham, and then it continues on, but interesting, and I had never, I hadn't really caught it before, but um, I hadn't really thought about it, but Abraham is saying, you know, stay here, we will go over there, and we'll come back to you. So in there, he is, it's showing that he, he, Faithfully went. He was going to to carry out what God had promised. But he's staying there. We're we're going to come back here. So implied in that is he, uh, yeah, like you were saying, um, it's it's implied that, um, like you say, I mean, really the only the only option would be that God would raise him, bring him back from the dead. And so we're told that explicitly here in, in uh, Hebrews 11, that he, that's what he thought, that's what he believed. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, like you said, it, it's implied in Genesis. It's explicit that he was looking for a resurrection yeah. in Hebrews 11. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I've often, you know, in the past thought the way Henry was talking where it's just like he was just like deductive reasoning. You know, if this is the one that's going to get the problem, well, he must be raising it. You know, it's interesting when you go back to Genesis 2 and uh, verse 7. And, you know, we talked about this earlier. I mean, there was a knowledge of God being handed down, you know, through... Um, you know, it was like a telephone game. It was imperfect. It wasn't like the written word mm-hmm. like they had after Moses came. Yeah. But there were echoes of, you know, I think the creation account and things like that would have been orally transferred down right. to these individuals. But it says there, verse 7, Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. When I read that, you know, what's the difference between that and a resurrection? Go ahead. <laughs> well, what I don't see, I mean, he says, to dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're going to end the same way you started. Well, yeah. you know, God can start this process, couldn't he reverse it? Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, the act of creation itself, making man from dust, that's enough right there to sit there and say, well, the man turns to dust again, he can bring it back. Yeah, yeah that, that makes perfect sense. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, why would that be so? If we believe in 
God, who he, who he has said, who revealed himself to be. Um, you know, that, that's why we, that's why the full counsel of God is important for us to read and to know it and to understand it because we, we, we see God's nature, we see his, um, what he has done, and it's like, um, yeah, we, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, why, why couldn't he do that, and why, yeah, and, and to your point, why, how would that be any different, you know, how would, breathing life into, uh, yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, we often talk about, okay, Revelation progressive, but it's amazing how often in the New Testament we are taken back to Genesis. Mm. And it's just like, okay, marriage. Okay, God spoke when he made one man, one woman. I wonder what his idea of marriage was. Yeah. You know, uh, those kinds of things. He made them male and female, the distinction of his image and genders and so forth. Uh, I mean, all those things... You know, we we read them, and like you said, we can kind of read past it. But I mean, there is theology in those realities. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you stop and think about it, it's like, well, how did Abraham ever know about resurrection? Had God spoken of this? Had He revealed this? It's just like, well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like I mean, I think there was a revelation of that reality um, there, that possibility. Yeah. And um, it, 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 it's interesting, it does mention, that, like you go back to it, it says, um, where Abraham as, um, yeah, like verse 12, so therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants in many of the stars. It's just this whole theme that it's like, the reality of death yeah. is, Nothing is irrelevant as far as God's, um, you know, his fulfilling his promises, his power and stuff like that. I mean, this, this thing, this one universal reality for all, all humans is, um, it's, it's nothing for God. God. God has revealed his promises. That's, that's a good point. I mean, he'd already turned the back the clock on, on Abraham's body. Yeah, yeah. Surely he could do that. Yeah. Yeah, when it's taken to the extreme. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, um, it, and though it doesn't really, so it doesn't refer to this in Hebrews 11, but this episode with um, Abraham and Isaac, I mean, it's one of the great um, pictures of, of the gospel, um, this replacement that, so instead of the sacrifice of his son, Isaac, what did God provide? Yeah, yeah, ram, yeah ram, in the, ram in the thickets, you know. So he provided the blood sacrifice um, and as a replacement, and it's just such a such a great uh, picture of what God would do with His Son, with His only Son. Again, you know, God's only Son. He did. Well, and He did raise Him. We get confirmation here too that I mean, just like in the passage, He was going to do it. 
I mean, his his thought process was, well, the guy must be going crazy because I'm going to yeah. kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was his faith was, no, I'm going to obey, and I'm going to obey completely. Yeah. Yeah, you it. I mean, it does, end of 19, it says, he, well, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So I take that to mean that figuratively speaking, God did raise him. From, I mean, he was, he was as good as dead. The, da the dagger was ready or whatever to come down and... and he was as good as dead. And so figuratively speaking, God did bring him from the dead. And, you know, it's in this act of faith, this fact, this was, I mean, this wasn't like, this was not child sacrifice. This has nothing to do with, you know, the evils that, that God, um, that later Israel would even fall into, you know, with the thing that God said. Not only did I not command them to do it, it never even entered my mind, you know, sort of setting aside that sin as its own category. And this was not that. This was um, Abraham never, you know, he didn't think of it in those terms at all. This was an act of faith because Abraham, because Isaac was going to come out of this alive. And so, you know, um, yeah, so. But again, you know, sort of, again, that's a type of, a type meaning, you know, foreshadowing of, of what God would do then with his only son um, in the future. So any closing comments? We're, we're going to pick up, pick this up again then next week and finish up uh, chapter 11. But we're going to pick it up with Isaac and... Uh, some of the rather surprising names that come in as examples of faith.